Thank you for joining me for Refuge Podcast. So grateful that you've taken time out of your day. I'm your host, John Lanier, as we continue to survey the scriptures, going verse by verse through the Bible. Right now, we find ourselves in the book of Revelation, and so we'll start in verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. You know, Revelation is one of those books that whenever you hear it, a lot of people cringe, some people avoid it, some people say you can't understand it, there's too much mystery. Some people get excited about it. And that's, count me in as one of those people. I feel very excited to be able to dive back into the book of Revelation. And the reason why I took up this book at this time in history is because there is a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world. And I think it's important that we go through the book of Revelation (laughs) at least every year, every couple years, just to see all the things that God has in store for his church. In fact, there's a, a blessing that's tucked into this book that says those who read it and those who hear this prophecy that was given from Jesus about Jesus to his servant John to bear witness of Jesus has that blessing of those who read and study it and try to understand it and who live according to the things of this book receive that special anointing and blessing from God that God has for each person that would take time to try and understand these things. Now, I I will say there is a lot of things that I don't understand about it There's a lot of things that seem complicated, but I will tell you this, that God's word is rich, it's edifying, it's true, and God is trying to prepare us as his people for his soon return. That's why it even says there the blessing of studying it is that we know the time is near. And as we see these things unfold, these prophetic words that John wrote down from the heart of God for the church, as we see these things happening, it should stir our hearts and our minds to prepare us to be ready for the return of the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. First thing I notice as you look at verse 1 is that it is a revelation of Jesus Christ. It is a revelation of who he is and we're going to read in a moment the glorified jesus the jesus who lived and he died and he rose again and he ascended to the father that jesus is the one that's revealed in the book of revelation and john is writing these words in order to give us a fuller picture of the lord of glory In fact, in verse 4, it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, and we're going to look at that as we get into chapter 2 and 3. 
So he's writing to these churches. He says, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and he washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. So for the body of Christ, this prophetic book about Jesus was written. And John is reminding the believers again that there's grace, there's peace, and that Jesus has given everything that we need for salvation to be saved from our sin. And it was all out of a heart of love. That's why the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting lives. And in all of this, all of the work that God did, he did everything for us and we come to him by faith, believing and repenting of our sin. And he makes us, it says here, kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion. All the glory belongs to Jesus. As John is laying out this revelation, he reminds the church that there's one who's worthy of praise. It's not the pastors, it's not the leaders, course we want to honor leadership and we want to be there uh, to support them but ultimately the honor and the glory and the power and everything is going to Jesus because he has done everything for us behold he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him even so amen I am the Alpha the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Speaking of Jesus's eternality, he is from the beginning. No one created God. He has always been and always will be, never changing, never fading away, never growing tired, never going weary. No, but yet he took on human flesh and he lived among people and he was pierced through. And those people who saw him pierced, they're gonna mourn because of him. All the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see that we crucified the son of God. We took the Lord of glory into our own hands by evil hands and we, we crucified him. And it says that he's coming. The time is near. You see this theme throughout scripture the urgency, the imminency of Jesus's return, that Jesus is coming, that he just as sure as his first coming will be his second coming. And the whole earth is going to tremble because of this. What a picture that the apostle John is painting for us as he's having these things revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. And he's reminding people that, yes, Jesus was a suffering 
servant, that he was uh, the lamb that was slain. But yet at the same time, he is the God of eternity. He is a lion and he will roar back onto the scene. So we're getting this huge, robust picture of Jesus, the glorified Jesus. That's why it's called the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so John would say, I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation and kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ. I was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the alpha. So we see this here again. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last. He tells John what you see write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. Okay, so John is getting this, he's getting this opportunity to see the risen, glorified Jesus. And look what he sees. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as a white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth... It says, And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the churches. Seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So J John was given the explanation of what those represented as being the actual leaders in churches. And so Jesus is going to go on in the next couple of chapters to address the church and the church age as each one represents a literal church, but also we'll see that it represents aspects and different sections of the church age and has a personal application to each one of us as believers. So let me close uh, our, our first chapter by saying this. It's important to note, because a lot of people get hung up on, well, what does this prophecy mean? And what does this mean? And, and we're going to look at all that. As we go, we're going to look at Old Testament uh, teachings that apply and, and correlate with the New Testament teaching and revelation so that we can help to understand a lot of these things. But the primary focus of the Bible and the primary focus of the book of Revelation is Jesus Christ. And John has a an encounter with Jesus here that was so powerful that John was overwhelmed to the point, it says, that he fell at 
his feet as dead, that he was prostrated immediately in the presence of Jesus by the glory of Jesus. And then Jesus laid his right hand on him and said, Don't be afraid. Yes, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And he's declaring his victory over death and his victory over all things that hold us back. And I love the triumphant feeling you get as you read through the book of Revelation because in the end, Jesus always wins. And you want to be on his team. And so my encouragement to you and my uh, challenge this week that you'd continue reading your Bible, but take some time to spend in the book of Revelation as we go through and read it with the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of Jesus, not with an eye just to know information or learn about what does this prophecy mean and that prophecy mean, but who is being declared? That's Jesus, the one that we serve. And if you don't know Jesus, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ raised from the dead, you will be saved. You confess your sin. Say, God, I've sinned against you. I'm, I'm unholy. You're holy. And I believe that your sacrifice on the cross was for me, that you died in my place for my sin. And I accept you into my life. And I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. That Jesus will come into your life and the Holy Spirit will take up residence in you. And the Jesus that's revealed here, he'll walk you through the rest of your life until he comes again. So be encouraged as we look at this. And we'll look at deeper into each of these churches as we go. God bless.